the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we could always talk about. If you have any questions, you can drop me an email. Sometimes it takes me a week to get back to them. Sometimes it takes me a month, sometimes even longer. Um, I do the best I can if that makes any sense. Um, don't be shy. I think that's one of the most important issues that I could throw out at you is at some point in time, you have to really know your content. And if you don't, you get into a lot of trouble on Wall Street. Are you a trader or are you not? I don't think there's any shame in saying, I don't day trade. I don't watch sports so I can be a better investor, so I could study more and more. I don't watch TV so I can study and be a better and better investor. That's my goal is not to mess you guys up. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Um, Try to get good at this stuff. And again, try to know your limitations. I think that's kind of a big thing. Look at your paycheck from time to time. Another odd concept out there, right? See how much of my money is going to taxes. See how much money you're taking home. Uh, just get to know the stuff as soon as you can. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, there was a person that I met a few years ago in business. I've, I've met some really interesting people. Um, this person, her whole business model was dedicated to stopping the uncontrollable, crazy cost tied towards marriage. And that was her whole shtick. So she wrote books on it, and that really didn't give her a living. She had a website on it, and it really didn't create enough of a career. But was she onto something? Absolutely, in my opinion. Uh, we started working on a, a co-book together. It didn't work. It was just a, it had a kind of like bad juju. But we worked on it like getting hitched versus getting fleeced. Falling in love fiscally. Now, most people fall in love physically. She's so beautiful. He's so good looking. He's so handsome. Right? But if you could fall in love fiscally with someone, it may be a better match. Are you a saver or spender? That's a big question. Again, I know a CFP in this industry who he's married poorly twice because he didn't know he fell in love physically. And that wears off. And then you still have to have a relationship. You got to relate in a relationship, right? You have to have the same ideas, the same concepts. I like having this conversation based on my parents. My dad was the earner. And he gave my mom a budget, which is insulting because she was a housewife. 
So she had X amount of dollars to spend on her six children. And whatever X it was, it wasn't enough. So it really, I'm not saying if you're from like an upper class family, don't marry someone from a lower class family, but just know you're going to have different opinions. So it's important to think about this before you tie the knot because it's expensive to untie the knot. Um, I think it would be great if you can talk intelligently with your spouse about money before you're a spouse. Some advice, don't do it while you're drinking. Some advice, be very, very patient. Another hint, consider throwing your parents under the bus saying, my dad, he'd go out and spend a lot of money on credit cards and made my mom really mad. So you're not saying to your spouse, you spend too much money on credit cards. I'm going to die. Like, it's too dramatic if you make it about you. So make it about somebody else. Uh, dating costs can run really, really high. A lot of people think when you get married, those costs go away. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. That $10,000 trip up on a helicopter so you can ski down a mountain together in a wedding dress and a, a tuxedo, that could say, well, we got married and we got hitched, but we're not saving money under one roof yet, are we? Try to figure out lifestyles. I don't like jewelry because jewelry to me is a, a scam. I know you're saying, jewelry's a scam? How dare you? I, I just, I feel like there hasn't been a diamond ring that I've ever seen that I go, oh my gosh, you're the luckiest person on the planet for wearing that. I'd rather feed a, a, a village in Africa for like five years versus buying someone a $25,000, $30,000 ring. And again, fit it to you. The, the guy who makes $25,000 a year and he goes out and buys like a diamond chip, that's still a lot of money to him. I'm not a big fan of diamonds. I'm a big fan of diamond knockoffs. Cubic zirconium is awesome. She'll never know the difference. I mean, I didn't say that, did I? Oh, I said it. Oh, I'm not telling you to lie to your spouse, but I'm saying no one can tell the difference between cubic zirconium and like you can't. So why throw down that kind of money for a rock? Um, try to figure out sexy dates. This is a whole segment on love, right? Try to figure out sexy, cheap dates. You don't have to spend a lot of money. And if that's where you are, shame on you. I had a college girlfriend that, um, she was an artist and she could draw really well. So whenever it snowed in, in Virginia, like it, it would snow 18 inches and everything would get shut down. So we'd get like a couple bottles of wine, some food, some sketch pads, and we draw each other all weekend long. Very sexy, very cheap. Um, just throwing that out there. Try to figure out something that you could do. Like I just saw a couple 10 minutes ago walking down the street, uh, holding hands, walking their dog. That's awesome. Break the mold if you can. Uh, you don't need a Vera Wang dress. You don't. You don't need a caterer who has pretty average Swedish meatballs that you're like, oh, this is... I've never met a caterer, and this is going to insult a lot of people. I've never met a caterer that was worth money. I've never eaten catered food that I go, man, I wish I didn't have that, or I, I had that. Like, I'd never need to go to a fancy restaurant again. Don't spin yourself into the poorhouse. 
you could break some of these traditions. There's something called the glory of eloping. I know that's uh, the whole elope word sounds like antelope, so we kind of avoid it in our life because we never really want to go face to face with an antelope. But uh, you don't have to get married in a big white dress in a big church. You can get married holding hands by Lake Tahoe at a public park. When I got ma- when I got married, uh, I didn't want a fancy photographer. Sorry, I wanted a college student who wants to become a fancy photographer, who is willing to work for way below scale to get something on their resume. You can think outside the box, and how do you do that? You call the college and say, "Do you have a photography class?" And sure enough, most colleges do. And sure enough, most professors are more than happy to introduce you to a couple students who would love the work. So, I don't know. I think one of the most important things in a relationship is to look at each other's financials before you get in love. you got to fall fiscally in love first. got to know about their credit reports, their Chapter 7, Chapter 11. I think a criminal record check is, is smart. <laughs> I know that sounds horrible. I think in this day and age, a sexual disease check is smart. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I like to smack down and on occasion throw you down a fact or an idea for you. What is a loss leader? I can tell you an excellent example of a loss leader would be the Costco rotisserie chicken. Some people swear by these things. $4.99, it's a big bird. It's bigger than you typically see at supermarkets. And it's $4.99, which is typically way cheaper than you see because it's considered a loss leader. They want to get you in the store for the chicken, and maybe you'll buy some bubblegum. And they'll make the profit on the bubblegum. Where else have you seen loss leaders? I can probably tell you. Next year, when you throw down your money for the new Xbox or you throw down your money for the new PlayStation, if that's your wheel, and for the record, I have a feeling the moment they go on sale, I'm going to buy like 20 of them. And it's going to be a major cash flow outlay for me that stinks. And then I'm going to sell 19 of them online, eBay, during the holiday seasons, and basically fund college or something like that. Because I'm going to be that kind of jerk. Every time they come out with a new console, same thing happens. They run out. And then you have to go to a third party like eBay to to get it. No, 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 no. So a loss leader would be video games. Uh, When Xbox and Sony PlayStation first comes out, it's got super crazy amount of technology in it. Super crazy cutting edge. A lot of design. Years went into it. And they're going to lose money. Now, the beautiful thing about technology, it gets smaller, cheaper, faster. So the super fast processor this year, next year is 20% cheaper. And it becomes less of a loss leader. So the video game company is one of the reasons they sell bundles of get the new hottest Xbox in three sports games. Or three action games or three adventure games. They start making their money back on the software. And if they can get that right out of the gate, it helps that loss leading situation. 
So that's a loss leader. You should know it. You should feel comfortable with it. Let's get back to the basic ideas or lessons you need to get ahead into your retirement, into your thought process. All you need to know about money is you got to set priorities and you got to make a budget. Then you have to understand the basics of banking, whether it be a brokerage firm or your local bank. Both are good. And oddly, you know, I tend to prefer kind of like third-party banks and or separate banks from brokers is the best way of saying that. Uh, because I really like TD Ameritrade or Schwab, I tend not to like the like the smaller brokerage firms only because I like good paperwork, and there's not a lot of cost anymore differentiating these guys. You should know the basics of investing. You should be diversified in your investing. Um, you should have it automated. Fifteen percent of your paycheck, every paycheck, it'll lower your taxable income from the federal government. And you'll get, hopefully, enough to retire on if you start 15% by the time you're 30. If you can do 2 3 4% in your 20s, that's great. I get it. Having that first paycheck and trying to balance that with a car or a life or a girlfriend, I get it. You're not going to probably be able to save as much as I want you to. And it's okay. You're supposed to have fun, too. CFP, Chad Burton, New Focus Financial. He's all about life balance. And he it's kind of it's kind of annoying. But it's a nice reminder, but it's kind of annoying. It's like, well, don't forget to relax and don't forget to have fun and don't spend all your money on on retirement. Like, I get it. Like, life balance is great. He's got a little bit more wiggle room than most, but I get it. So you got to know a 401k, a 403b, a 457. You know, I gave a speech a couple years ago for Visa and talking to their HR department. I was stunned millennials were only investing in their 401k in cash. They didn't trust the stock market. One of my favorite lines from the original movie, Jungle Book, was when the snake slithers up to the little boy and goes, trust me. If you don't trust putting your money in the stock market, shame on you. Because I can give you a hundred year example of what it looks like. It goes up. It goes up consistently. Now, well, I lost a lot of money in the stock market. I, I hear those arguments because I, I know people who buy stocks and don't know what the hell they're doing. So trust me, capitalism is good for creating a retirement income for you through a big fat 401k, 403b, or 457. My kids started calling me Big Chungus recently. And I was like, what is Big Chungus? And I was like, how about I get a tattoo that says Big Chungus, and you guys get tattoos that say Little Chungus? And then one day, if you have kids, you can get a tattoo that says Big Chungus. And uh, Big Chungus is the rabbit from Warner Brothers. From Bugs, It was Bugs Bunny. And he took the tonic in the episode that parodied uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which, for the record, uh, monster movies are fascinating because Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was a book and it was a monster book. And basically what it was saying was we're taking a lot of, a, of a pharmaceuticals. We're taking a lot of pills to cure our woes. And even the good doctor is doing it. And he turns into a monster when he does it, who rapes and pillages the city. I actually don't even know if he did rape and pillage the city. I'm just saying it because it sounds good, but you get the idea. Monster movies and monster books in the time. Frankenstein was all about, you know, uh, what do we owe to things that we create? I think if you get married, I think you owe it to that person to do your best. Um, I think if you have kids, you owe it to those kids not to be a monster to them. 
Dracula was about the rejection of, of religion. Here's a guy who said, I don't like God. And God said, okay, then I strike you with this curse. You get to live forever, but you drink blood and you can't walk in the day. So they all had major themes, right? Okay, I'm off track. Big chungus. <laughs> um, if you do do individual stocks, try to do stocks that you know that have, are big and time-tested and then complement it with indexes and ETFs. Um, the market could be a great way to turn a little bit of money into a lot of money. It's a great place to turn a lot of money into nothing. But typically, it's the uh, buying stocks that you don't understand. And I'll give you an example. And this is just off the cuff. I don't know a thing about CrowdStrike. I know that there's some sort of tech company that's some sort of protection uh, against you know hackers. I it, but it has to be bigger than that. Is it enterprise? Is it an individual? What's happening? Who are they protecting? Is it government? Like, I don't know. So I don't buy the stock. Um, I do know when I drive by McDonald's, there's a line. <laughs> when I drive by a, you know, a Nike store, there's a lot of people picking up $200 pair of shoes, $100 pair of shoes. I know that when I see Visa, every time I go into a retail store, people are swiping their cards. And it's typically Visa, MasterCard, or Amex. All three of them, I think, are nice names. Amex has a little bit of play on small businesses, which sometimes go through bad cycles due to economies and recessions. But even in a bad economy and a bad recession, you tend to still swipe, but not as much if you're a small business. So I think Amex is a play on capitalism in a different way than Visa and MasterCard are. And you got to figure out what works for you. We're talking about how to get you to the finish line, how to get you to that that day where you can retire, that day where you can rip up your your your. Well, I was going to say your offer letter to your boss, but that's not quite. The day you can give your boss a resignation letter and live off your fat. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Doing one of those shows where I'm basically talking to you how simple it is to create wealth so that you can live off of it. Sadly, the wealth that you create is largely going to be part of your shadow. And you have to get very comfortable with your shadow. I'm very comfortable with my shadow. I'm very comfortable with my flaws. But my shadow, if when I was 20 years old, I started saving $15, 15%, and let's say I was a waiter and I waited tables my whole life, I'm probably going to have a good retirement that's similar to the way I lived. But it's not going to be above and beyond like I was a lawyer all that time, and now I'm living like a fat cat lawyer in retirement. So you're going to create something pretty similar to the income that you have now, unless you get really, really good at it, or unless you get really, really bad at it, you're going to have nothing. You're going to have a tough retirement. I'm trying to come up with a name for a podcast, and everyone can come up with a great name for a podcast for me that I like. I'll give you $100, or I'll buy you beers, or I'll buy you lunch, okay? Like, for instance, I think there's some really cute podcast names out there. Um, Arm and a Leg is a podcast. What do you think Arm and a Leg is about? It's all about healthcare costs tied towards just healthcare costs. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg. How much is that cast? It's going to cost you an arm and a leg. When I was... 20. I didn't have health insurance. I was in college and it kind of just felt my dad was a bit of a jerk. Um, so I wasn't on his policy. 
Uh, I wasn't kicked out at 18, but I think I was kind of cut off at 16, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Uh, but at one point in time, I broke my knee running. I was on a date. Silly me, I was trying to impress where we go for a, a 10 o'clock run. And I, I'm, I tend to be a daytime runner and not a nighttime. And I just twist my ankle on some gravel and boom, busted open my knee, went to the hospital emergency room. And I said, how much is this to get stitched? Like, I don't have insurance. And they're like, well, we can't tell you. You have to sign these forms and come on in. I'm like, well, then I'm not coming in because I can give you $400 for stitches. I can't give you $4,000. Pretty important to try to manage your healthcare costs in life, in my opinion. A couple of things to get you to that retirement area is what is a bond? I don't like bonds and I have a, it's probably one of my weaknesses. You know, I said I shadows, know your dark side, know your weaknesses. Bonds get you like 2 to 4% returns. Boring. Wait, wait, is that 2 to 4% over the whole year? Boring, right? Who wants that? Well, when the market's down 60% and you're up 2 to 4%, it's pretty darn sexy. It's it's like kind of a zooby zooby zoo bond. You look good today. James Bond, no? Government bond. <laughs> no, corporate bond. So there's different types of bonds. Government bonds like the United States, we don't mess around. We pay our bills. When we need to get a war, we go, everyone in the world, buy our bonds. And they do because they know we'll pay it back. Now, you only get 1%, 2%, 3% most, whereas a corporate bond in something like, I don't know, Apple is going to get you maybe 1.5%. But maybe a corporate bond in something like crazynuttybadidea.com is going to get you maybe like 4 or 5% because it's, it's distressed. It's not a good corporation. They need money, so they have to pay you more. So a good debt portfolio or income portfolio of bonds, you'd have different types of debt in it. It could be California municipal bond debt. If you live in California and you make 2% in a bond, you don't have to pay your income taxes on that. Woo-hoo! If it's a California municipal bond. So know that muni bonds are a way for you to invest in your community. I don't do it like that, but you could. Uh, let me give you a good example of different types of bonds. Stockton. It's called the armpit of California for a reason. It's horrific. I want to run for mayor of Stockton. Um, signs everywhere in Stockton that says things like, lock your car. It will be broken into. Take valuables with you. It will be broken into. So let's say they want to put in an airport. Bad idea, because no one wants to go to Stockton. They're going to have to do a bond at 3% or 4% to entice people to say, I want that. Whereas a Palo Alto, a new library for the gifted children of Palo Alto. We're calling it the Shallow Alto Gifted Fund. No, I meant Palo Alto Gifted Fund, not Shallow Alto. But they're only going to give you like half a percent or 1% because we know they got the incomes to pay that one back. That's the, the higher the yield, the more stress there might be on it. There is no rule in America that says you have to own a home. It's something that's taught to us early in life. The American dream brought to you by the Realtors Association and the Markers Banking Association. You don't have to own a home. It's nice. There's some positives in it. 
but it's a huge liability. I own homes and I don't like it. I don't like every month having to pay a bill. It stresses my hiney out when like I delink an automatic payment or somehow I don't get the routing number right on my check or it's, it gets turned down and like, wait, wait, I got to write a check and put it in the mail. That's going to take me three days just to figure out how to, where a stamp is. You don't have to own a home. It's a liability. In the long term, it turns into an asset. Typically, not always. Go ask people in Detroit. Go ask people in Cleveland. It doesn't always appreciate. You go outside the Bay Area and you kind of start remembering like, I bought a home 15 years ago in Raleigh, North Carolina, maybe 16 years ago, for $140,000. Now, today, it's worth $210,000. Woohoo! I've pulled in 50% returns, roughly, right? That's normal. That's, it's, it's supposed to move like that. Now, I bought a home 10 years ago for $925,000. It turned into $2 million in the Bay Area. Woohoo! Doubled my money, a million dollars, not 70,000 little puny little leaky dollars. You don't have to buy a home. If I didn't have the income that I have, I would have rented in the Bay Area until I had the income to afford a home, and I would have bought in another area. I love police officers. <laughs> when I was a kid, when I was eight or nine, and I had a little sister, she's one or two. I would teach her to like snort like a pig every time we'd go by cops. So she'd go, <laughs> and my dad wanted to kill me. I thought it was the funniest inside joke ever. Not even inside joke, just grotesque joke, right? Um, to have a little two-year-old snort at a cop. I didn't know as as disrespectful as it is. I love police officers, but they don't make enough money to go out and buy a two million dollar home, unless they're on the take like everyone in the movies and TV shows, right? Unless they're shaking down the pimps. <laughs> And right you're saying, shaking down the pimps? How 1970s of you. Um, you don't have to own a home. And if you can't afford it, I know a cop that asked me, I can't afford a home. What do I do? I said, Buy, where do you want to retire? He said, Tampa. I love Tampa because I love the, the Cuban culture down there, the food, the fishing. I'm a deep sea fisher and I can get on the water every day. I'm like, buy a home in Tampa and rent it out for the next 10, 15 years. And when you're tired, boom, you got your retirement home. You own a home. Here you can rent. And don't forget to shake shake down the pimp so you can get a little extra money. I know you're saying, uh, woman trafficking pimps is not a funny deal. I'm writing a letter to the management. Next time I get written up, I'm done. I quit. So right away. Um, you don't have to buy a home. It, it works for a lot of people, but it also ruins a lot of people. Quick, 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 quick example. Friend of mine, her dad, um, she's not a friend anymore, but... Uh, her dad had a house down in Fremont and in the mid 2000, like 2010, he decides to buy another home and he rents it out. Uh, and then he buys, an, uh, let's say 2000, he buys another home. So eventually he gets three rentals and it's all going well. Everything's moving up. And then the 2006, 2008 recession hits and the renters are like, we're out of here. We're moving back to the East coast. Going to Texas, going to the South. We're going to Hotlanta. And he, he's left holding the bag on, the, on these mortgages. And he lost one, then he lost the next, he lost the next. Rough, right? So he went bankrupt trying to become a, a Donald Trump landlord mogul. 
didn't work out for him. Then he died. So his wife, who was a stay-at-home mom her whole life, had two kids. She has a stroke. I I know you say that's a a run of bad luck, but she's a big woman. She was like 250. And when you have a stroke and you're 250 pounds, anyone who's overweight, it's tough to move that person around. It's tough to get them in and out of a car. My mom's 80 plus. And just getting her in the front seat of a car, I have to get the right size SUV so that she can kind of like sideways into it versus climbing into it or dropping down into it. So homes are a liability. Just know it. Control your debt. One of the biggest issues that people get into is that, yes, everything's going fine. They're doing the 401k. They're doing their house payment. But then they go off and say, let's go to Hawaii. Let's go for two weeks. Let's go first class. And they they, kind of let the debt get crazy. The credit card's like, it's a vacation. Saving for college. The moment you have a kid, you should start saving for their college fund. Because it's going to take you a long time. Good website for saving for college? Oddly enough, is savingforcollege.com. Um, you'll need to learn some tips and tricks of 529s, and you should probably set one up automatically. And you should probably say, hey, grandparents, instead of buying him a cheap plastic Nerf gun, why don't you buy put $100 into his college account? And you'll get there. You'll get at least a chunk done. Savingforcollege.com. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I try to give you a little bit of background on me. I'm not smarmy. I'm not in it for the dollars. I have the dollars. I'm in it because I probably have a daddy issue, if that makes any sense. I try to show you where I did things right and highlight where I did things wrong. I spent way too much money on love in my 20s. I didn't know. I, I Maybe my dad should have mentored me on things like, you know, well, to get a woman to fall in love with you, tell her a joke. I took her to Miami. <laughs> you know, I, I did everything wrong. Um, I didn't marry wrong in my 20s. I didn't marry. I didn't have kids. I worked too much. But I certainly spent way too much money on love. And I regret it. I was trying to think about things that I regret and things I don't regret. Because what you expect in life and what you get is what hurts the most. It's the distance between the two. And the reason I do this show is because what you're expecting out of retirement, you saw on Golden Pond with Henry Fonda. And you're like, that looks lovely. I want to live on a lake and and go out on a rowboat. And my old lady is going to say, you old poop, you old poop. She's going to get, I'll be all crabby and old. Very few people are going to live on a lake. Just so you know, very few people in America. Um, So I I try to show you things that I do well and I do wrong. Because I don't want you to be hurt by what you get in retirement versus what you thought you were going to get. That's devastating. And again, yeah, you'll be that 65-year-old living in a trailer park eating minuinis. But you may, you know, you'll go say something like... Well, government spent too much of our money, and I would have more, but I didn't save. People are very not very honest with themselves, right? Um, so I do like TV, but I don't watch TV while I work. So during the holiday season, I'll take five, ten days off, right? And I watch all my TV then. <clears throat> I can't wait to watch the last season of Silicon Valley. That's a brilliant show. 
and it just it skewers correctly the Bay Area, the peninsula. It, it, it's not the East Bay. It's not, uh, it's not Marin. It doesn't get any of that right, but it skewers the peninsula. And, and rightfully and beautifully so. And it's interesting this year they introduced AT&T as kind of like a who's going to get the technology that wins it all. And it's not lost on me that AT&T owns Time Warner and Time Warner owns HBO. I think that's genius. But I digress. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, hiring financial help. This is a tricky one. There's a lot of people in this industry. I'd say, I don't even know the statistics, but let's just make it up. 85% of them I wouldn't even talk to. I wouldn't even work with. I find them repulsive. People going after the fast dollar and they think they've got investment knowledge because their boss told them, here's the sales data points you need to hit. The only designation that I truly, truly believe in is CFP. I'm not a CFP. CFP Chad Burton is a CFP, Certified Financial Planner. I don't believe in Vice President of Smith Barney. I don't believe in Vice President of anything. Vice President's a fancy word for you're a basically entry-level position. But it sounds good. A friend of mine worked at Domino's in college, and his first job out of college was as a stockbroker for... I can't remember the name. It was one of those like mid-level groups. And he had a, a card vice president. I'm like, how did you get that title? He's like, everyone gets it. Which brings me to that, that, that I had a friend, this is genius. He didn't know how to date properly. He didn't know how to impress the members of the other opposite sex. He didn't know how to woo, how to like, like make inroads, how to start a conversation. So he basically put uh, chief legal officer of Google on his car or something ridiculous. And then when you go to Vegas, he's like, hey, I'm chief legal officer at Google. What do you do? Oh, I'm a graphic designer. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm in love. He thought a title got a love, right? Didn't work out that well. But it's a funny story. So be careful who you work with. I like CFAs. That's a brutal designation to get certified uh, financial analyst. And a certified financial planner or chartered financial analyst. Sorry, I say that. Um, be careful who you work with. There's one guy on my kid's soccer team that he, he found out I'm on TV, I'm on radio. He finds out that I'm tied towards big money. And he's like, You should really like use this. You should buy this life insurance product. I'm like, No, I shouldn't. And here's why he was not looking at that response. And he goes, But. What happens if you die? And I'm like, well, I got term life insurance in case I die, and that's cheap, and you don't get a big fat commission. You don't make a lot of money, and you don't buy your kids Christmas gifts off me. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he backed off. I figured out his, his shtick. To this day, I'm still cheap. I used to say at 50, I'd buy a Tesla. And then Teslas, everyone has them, and I think they're kind of douchey. I don't think they are what they used to be. Um, and I tend to find anyone that has a Tesla, I instantly dislike. That's not very nice of me, is it? I'm too judgy. And I don't really mean that. But I still like two-year-old cars. I still like used cars. Uh, buying a car is like any other shopping experience. The choices are limitless. And you always like, oh, I don't want a basic. I want super. I want the pla I want the leather. Do you want the le leather? I want the leather. Leather's more. I want the leather. Do you want the entertainment system? I, uh, just in case I ever get stuck in the back seat in a snowstorm, yes, I want the entertainment system. Like, why do we buy this stuff? 
ensure what you can't lose, what you can't afford to lose. That's the best way not to make financial mistakes when it comes to insurance. You get health insurance. I don't think I'm going to have a stroke, but I don't. if I have one, it's going to cost me $100,000, so therefore I have health insurance. It could happen. I could get hit by a car today. I don't want to pay home insurance, but my refrigerator that has the water thing in it could leak today and destroy the floor, and it's $4,000 out of pocket or $1,000 deductible, so I have home insurance. Um, life insurance, I only use term, and I invest the rest. What I could lose from age 20 to 60 is my ability to earn income, so I protect it with term life insurance. I protect it. Uh, my auto insurance also super important, but that's probably the easiest insurance to grasp, right? I'm Rob Black.